it's been about a month. Probably, actually, I think it's been over a month since I've last released an episode. And I know I was saying, oh, I'm no longer in school and I'm unemployed. So I'm going to be doing this a lot. But yeah, you know how that goes with me. You know how it goes. But a lot has happened in that month. Um, I've watched a lot of movies. I actually recorded an episode or two, but, you know, I didn't like them. So I did end up scrapping and deleting them. I also got a job that I did not like, so I left after the first day. (laughs) But in my defense, it was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. This place was an absolute unprofessional, disorganized, toxic nightmare. Um, I don't want to get too much into the details because, you know, that's not what this podcast is about. But I will say I saw a lot of red flags when I was being interviewed, but I wanted a job so bad that I just ignored them. And my advice to you would be If you see a red flag, don't ignore it. It is there for a reason. And listen to yourself. Because I would tell people the red flags I saw, like even just one of them, because there were multiple. I would tell someone, you know, before I got hired, which I got hired very quickly. um, But I would tell people and when you get a reaction like, oh, okay are you sure? Then it's probably not good. It's probably not good. And this wasn't good. This was not good at all. You know, I started my day off there, my first day with the boss telling me how badly she wanted to physically kick and hit her employees. And it only got worse from there. It really really only got worse from there. So Listen to yourself. Listen to your gut. It's probably right. Um, Don't settle for anything. I was ready to settle. I was blinded by the possibility of having my first career job. Um, But even on my first day, I wasn't the only one who quit. So if that tells you anything, (laughs) it was not great. But... We're now unemployed again, so let's make an episode. (laughs) So I wanted to dive back into the Indiana Jones series, because obviously the supposed final film in the series, The Dial of Destiny, has just been released. And I have seen it. We will be discussing it, spoiler free, if you have not seen it. I'm going to try to avoid all types of spoilers, even though, you know, the first Indiana Jones movie came out in 1981. And if you have not seen it, I kind of don't know how that's possible at this point. It is one of the great Hollywood movies that everyone has seen. It's iconic. It's like culturally, historically significant. So let's discuss them. My experience with Indiana Jones has been I never really loved it because my parents, they watch the same 15 movies over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, They very rarely deviate from their choice selection of movies They rarely ever go out of their comfort zone. So growing up, it was always the same movies playing in my house. It was always Jaws 1 and Jaws 2, Dante's Peak, uh, Romancing the Stone, Twister, The Goonies, um, The Mummy 1 and 2, National Treasure, and then Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. It was never, ever, ever Temple of Doom. They do not like that movie, and they certainly do not like Crystal Skull. So it was, you know, always on in my house, and that annoyed me. I like to watch a wide variety of things. So 
it was always on and I never wanted to pay attention to it. And I kind of always brushed it off. Um, But I have seen all of them before in childhood, of course, even, you know, Temple of Doom and the Crystal Skull, because that came out when I was probably 10 or 11, came out in 2008, I was 10. Um, So they were always kind of around me growing up. And I did, (laughs) I remember when I got my Xbox 360, whenever that was, I don't know, like. 2006, 2005, I'm honestly not sure when that was a thing, but mine came with the Indiana Jones Lego video games, which only had the first three. It did not have Crystal Skull because that was not out yet. Um, Let me actually, Indiana Jones Lego game. When did that come out? The Original Adventures came out in, oh, came out in 2008 now hold on well let hold on hold on hold on on that hold on hold on now hold on hold on hold on i'm not gonna say that hold on that came out in 2008 why did they not wait for crystal skull to come out before they released that that makes no sense because they ended up releasing a sequel game with the crystal skull in it that kind of makes no sense oh they just released it the next year is that even correct like i feel like this isn't right that is so crazy (laughs) okay so i guess i didn't get my xbox till 2008 so i was like 10 and that was my first video game console i've only had two consoles actually i've only had an xbox 360 and xx one anyway i'm getting off topic Um, But I played that with my sister. It was like the only game we ever really played together besides um, Rock Band, which was basically Guitar Hero. I don't know why we never played Guitar Hero. We only ever played Rock Band. Interesting. Anyway, (laughs) so I have seen these movies quite often growing up. If If they're on TV, they're typically going to be on in my house when my parents are watching TV. Um, So growing up as an adult, I never really seeked them out. I never wanted to really sit down and watch them again. It, It was just something I wasn't interested in because it was just ingrained into my childhood for always being on. And that frustrated me. Also, I'm the type of person that like wants to do the exact opposite of my parents. So if they love something, I am probably going to want to hate it. That's just how I've always been. I don't know. I I was a terrible child. I just wanted to be the exact opposite of them. I wanted to irritate them and do the they, the opposite of what they said, like the opposite of what they liked. That's just how I am. I don't know. Um, sorry to my parents who had to put up with that. But it was never something I really wanted to sit down and watch. But I finally, I think I did watch um, Raiders of the Lost Ark not that long ago. I think I watched it because my mom was watching it on her birthday or something. So I sat down and watched it. But I don't think I was really fully paying attention. I'm pretty sure I was on my phone. Um, but I finally decided to sit down watch the whole series in one sitting before I went and saw Dial of Destiny. And now I actually did watch this in one sitting. I watched it in one afternoon slash night in like a 12 hour period of these four movies. I did take breaks in between like to go on my phone and then I'd be on TikTok for like an hour and then I'd be like, oh shit, I need to watch The Last Crusade. And Going into this, I was actually the most excited to watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because that is the one I've probably seen the least. I don't think I have watched that one probably since around maybe like 2010-ish. So it's been a while and I knew it was pretty universally hated, but I remember liking it as a kid. So I was excited to get into that. And also I was kind of excited to watch Temple of Doom because growing up that one was my favorite. 
probably because it was my parents' least favorite, but also it was, you know, it's the darkest one. It has the most horror. It's actually kind of terrifying to watch. And I'm like shocked at how insane it is. I mean, they really do rip a beating heart out of someone's chest and then the heart bursts into flames. Like it's absolutely insane and of course you know it's kind of infamous for that how it was so dark and people didn't like that they were shocked at it and then it helped basically create the pg-13 rating because of course that didn't exist at the time and this movie was probably not dark enough to be rated r but too dark to be pg so here's the birth of the pg-13 movie so I sat down, I think I went, I watched them on Disney Plus and I watched the first one. And I, I gotta say like, yes, this movie is very great. Um, I totally understand why it is so universally beloved. And I do think it probably is objectively the best one. Is it my favorite one? No. And I may say something controversial. I don't want to rank these movies because I feel like there is clearly ones that are better than the others, like better made. But I enjoy some of the other ones a lot more because I would, or at least I would want to rewatch them more. And I don't really know how to factor that into my, my rating or my ranking. And I'll just say... I am a huge Kingdom of the Crystal Skull truther, defender, and warrior. I actually adore that movie. And do I think it is better than Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, I do not. But would I watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull before I rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark? This is going to be controversial, and I will probably be tarred and feathered for saying this, but yes, I would rather watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think it is so fun and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think it is actually pretty genius. I think all of them are actually, you know, pretty genius. I, I like struggled with what I was going to rate them. And then, you know, I got in the headspace of being like, who gives a fuck what I rate them? It doesn't really matter. Like that's just kind of for fun because I did actually find myself loving these movies and I've gone back and forth on if I think some of them are four stars or five stars. Um, I will say the first four I currently have all ranked at four stars on Letterboxd. I will probably edit that and make one or two of them a five star because I think they're genuinely pretty great. So I sat down and watched the first one. It's really great. I kind of always had this problem with how it was um, paced, I guess is how I would say it. I thought the pacing was weird. It kind of jumps around. Um, but you know, I started, you know, I'm younger, obviously I'm 25 years old. I did not, I do not have the, um, like me and Steven Spielberg and George Lucas are from very different. We have very different pop culture references, they are obviously much older. They are elderly men. <laughs> I do not have experience with film serials, which is what Indiana Jones is based on. It's what it's influenced by, the first three. The first three um, take play, or were released in 1981, 1984, and 1989, but they are set in the 1930s. And they are very heavily influenced by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's love for the film serials of that time. And if you don't know what a film serial is, they basically are a long movie that is broken up into like chapters or episodes. And they were played weekly at movies. So if you went to go see a movie, you would have like a film, one of a chapter of a film serial beforehand. I believe that's how it worked. Honestly, I don't know. I was not alive in the 1930s and I've, I'm not really that interested. Sorry, but I'm not. Um, 
so growing up without that knowledge, like going into it, I guess I was like, I don't really, I think it's too choppy. It jumps around. Like, I don't know. It doesn't flow how I like, how I would like it to. But then once I like, you know, got the intent of it, that it is kind of like each scene is almost like a serial. It is episodic. It made so much more sense to me. I actually really liked it. I liked it more than I did prior. And I really like, obviously Steven Spielberg is like, you know, very knowledgeable in film. And I, the, what I really like about the first three is how they take influences of, even the fourth one, um, they take influences of um, the movies in which the time period is of Indiana Jones. So they take a lot of influence from the 1930s and, you know, early 40s, that kind of thing. Like an example that I would think of is the musical number in Temple of Doom. It's just like you see Steven Spielberg's love for movies. And I really like that about Indiana Jones. And we'll get to more of that once we talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But as for Raiders of the Lost Ark, I what I really love about it and what I love about Indiana Jones in general is that it does kind of mesh all of these genres together. There's a ton of, um, you know, obviously action and adventure, but the comedy is so like slapstick, situational. The characters are so clumsy and it's funny that they're in all these certain situations where like they tripped or whatever and it makes you know haha hilarious i like that and then it'll just jump straight into face melting human sacrifice horror and i i love that i love the meshing together of all these crazy genres almost seamlessly and i think indiana jones is much sillier than what people probably want to admit it's very pulpy it's very slapstick funny. I oftentimes see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull being criticized for being really silly, but watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was kind of surprised at how silly it was watching it as an adult. There's a lot of physical comedy in it that I don't remember as a kid because in my mind, when I think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think of the face melting. I think of the guy getting sucked into the propeller. I think of the explosions. I think of the adventure. I'm not really thinking about clumsy fist fights that are comical, but exciting at the same time. Like It's just not something that I remember vividly in my brain. So watching that, it was a nice lovely surprise. And I really enjoyed that in, I would say, the first four. Um, we'll get to the Dial of Destiny and my thoughts on it, but I really liked Steven Spielberg's sense of humor. It was very particular. And I think all of the actors were very good in their performances in being funny in a world that is very serious and very dark and very scary. I liked that juxtaposition of the two i like how it is funny but also i like how the characters are funny in a very serious world if that makes sense i think a lot of um blockbuster action movies today really rely they always try to be funny but their version of funny is a one-liner every second that really takes you out of the movie when it comes to indiana jones what i really liked about it it wasn't that they were saying some bad one-liner that a writer was jerking themselves off while writing it down, thinking it's the funniest shit in the world. And it's like, you already said something five seconds ago. Can we let the scene breathe, please, without you trying to be funny? With Indiana Jones, it's not like they have to say a one-liner to be funny. It's funny because of the situation that they're in. It's funny because things don't go as planned and maybe 
Indy fails at something, but that failure leads to a, a different success or outcome that he didn't expect in a fight. And his facial expression, his reaction to it, that is what is funny. It isn't that he has a funny little quip. It's that he's like, holy shit, this is such a weird fucking thing that's happening right now. But it it's it's funny and I really enjoy it. So yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, incredible. How can you not love Raiders of the Lost Ark? It is something I wanted to push away for so long, but really I can't push it away. It's great. I love Indiana Jones and I love Harrison Ford in the role. Obviously, how can you not? He's so hot, especially in Temple of Doom. We'll talk about it. But yeah, it's great. It's one of the greats. And the face melting scene at the end, the iconic scene, it one, it is so well done. It looks incredible to this day. The effects hold up. It's kind of shocking how well they hold up, but I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's an all-timer. That scene is one of the best scenes in all of film history. You can quote me on that. Marion, don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marion. Don't look at it no matter what happens. But then we moved to Temple of Doom, which came out in 1984. This one, for some reason, takes place one year prior to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark takes place in 1936, while Temple of Doom takes place in 1935. Temple of Doom, I feel like you either love it like a lot and it's your favorite, or you really don't like it at all. I may be wrong on that, but I feel like it's one of the more divisive ones, but I appreciate it so much because it is such a left turn from what you would expect after Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is shockingly dark. I mean, it's just filled with human sacrifice, child slavery. It's insane. You're, Indiana Jones is drinking blood. They're whipping children. It's it's an insane insane movie and i know a lot of people don't like the character of willie scott played by kate capshaw i love willie i think she's actually my favorite like one of my favorite um sidekicks of the movie because typically indiana jones has like two sidekicks every movie um him in short or her in short round are some of my favorites i love short round played by i want to kihoi kwan i believe is how you pronounce it Short Round and Indy's relationship is one of my favorite things in the entire franchise. And actually, it's like from this point on, the series is about relationships or like fatherly relationships, relationships with your father. My father, 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 my father. It is like a main theme in the next four movies. Um... Raider of the Lost Ark is kind of like the outlier in that sense, even though it's like the one Indiana, it's like the one true Indiana Jones movies. It's like the favorites among everybody, but it is almost like the outlier from the rest because of this. But I think the relationship between Indiana Jones and Short Round is more interesting once you watch the Last Crusade, number three, because you get more of a background on Indiana Jones and how his relationship with his father kind of is the exact opposite of what he wants to be as a father. And he's not a father at this point, but he takes in this kid, short round, and I their relationship, first of all, is like super adorable and sweet. And it seems very affectionate, which is like the exact opposite of what Indiana Jones received as a child. So it's almost like he is being what his father never was for him. Um, and for that reason, I do find it very disappointing that they never brought Short Round back, especially because he feels like such an important part of Indiana Jones's life. And I, I like, I find it more disappointing knowing that he's not in four or five, because this isn't really a spoiler. When he, when Indiana Jones does get married in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you know, short round, it would have been nice to see short round there because he is kind of like a surrogate father, an adoptive father to him. I don't know how long that they have been together, considering that they're not together the following year in 1936. But 
it would have been nice to have seen him, some acknowledgement. They never acknowledged him again, which feels very disingenuous to me. And then, um, I don't know how to say this with Dial of Destiny, but the father relationship in there, or I guess I should say the lack thereof, um, seems like reason for Short Round to be there with Indiana Jones. But yeah, this movie's weird. It's very weird. It's almost like you can't believe what you're watching, but I love it. It's my favorite. Um, It's the one I feel like I will watch the most because it's just so batshit crazy and I can't believe they got away with it. I understand why people were upset with it, (laughs) but it kind of just makes me love it more. I like the setting. You know, the first one takes place a lot in Cairo, I believe. And um, this one takes place in India. It's an interesting setting. The opening takes place in Shanghai. I think the action set pieces in Temple of Doom are pretty great. I mean, the mine shaft scene is incredible. And like, come on, who hasn't played a video game since Temple of Doom came out where it's basically the mine shaft scene? in Temple of Doom. And the bridge is great. The um, flooding of the mine shaft when they're on the cliff is great. The sacrificial pit or whatever you would call it, the fire pit that they put Willie in is great. The nightclub that Willie sings at is great. I like, I, I just love it. I love this movie. It's such a almost breath of fresh air, even though it is so sick and twisted. (laughs) Um, But it's definitely like the most different from the series, but I highly recommend it. It is so fun. It's funny. It's endearing. It's scary as shit. And it's exciting. I do find it weird that it takes place one year prior. I don't think it needs to. I don't know why they decided to do that. They probably have said, and I just haven't read it, but I find it very bizarre. There's really no rhyme or reason for it to do that. Also, I feel like... (laughs) Indiana Jones is always saying like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I believe in magic. He says that in like, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, oh, the mystical stuff ain't real or whatever. But then like, he drank the blood of like a Hindu god and was like brainwashed and tortured with voodoo. And he saw someone rip a heart out of someone's chest and their chest closing back up without the heart and the heart bursting into flames. Like he saw this crazy shit apparently one year prior, but the next year when, you know, the Ark of the Covenant is being talked about and Hitler wants all this power because he's into the occult, which I don't know, was he into like the occult? Did he have those ideologies or whatever? Was this like based on reality where he was interested in it? I would like to know. I don't know. But it's it's like a weird choice for this one to take place before when he sees this like mythical shit and then kind of doesn't believe it the next year. You saw glowing rocks that are powerful. Like what else do you need to see I don't know. And he also kind of says it like later on in the series as well as how like, I don't know if it's real or not. It's like, you were there. What do you mean? Anyway, so that one came out in 1984. And then the sequel to that, The Last Crusade, which was basically supposed supposed to be the final movie of the trilogy, which I think it would have been fine if it ended on that. It would have been like an iconic trilogy. Came out in 1989. It takes place in 1938. I love this one. I always never liked it growing up, but I rewatching it, I had an absolute blast with it. I do find it to be a bit of a retread when it goes to or when it comes to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like You know, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones is fighting Nazis to get to the Ark first because it has powers and Hitler wants it. Great. Whatever. Then we take a detour and it's Indiana Jones is helping this 
village, I guess is how you would say, um, who had this mythical stone stolen from them and now they're dying and their children are being taken and they're becoming slaves for this crazy cult that sacrifices people to the gods and they get all these powers from these stones. And it's just a total left turn. But then I feel like after the backlash from that movie and how people thought it was too dark, I feel like they wanted to correct that hate and kind of just did Raiders of the Lost Ark again. But I can't fault it too much because I think it is so great, actually. I was surprised at how much I loved this one. It was always my least favorite growing up. I also think this one is a bit more sanitized than the other two, especially Temple of Doom. I think people were like shocked by that violence that they decided to pull back a lot. Even though I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is pretty violent, obviously we have the melting faces and the heads blowing up and the guy chopped up in the plane propellers. There's a lot of like gunshot to the head wounds and dripping blood and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I feel like a lot of that is not in The Last Crusade. It is much more polished. It is much more sanitized. We're going back to what people like instead of like the more interesting choice, um, doing something completely different. It is a lot like Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I will say when looking at the original trilogy, I like this setting the most. I really like the European setting. I liked the boat chase. The set action set pieces in this one are probably, yeah, my favorite of the of the trilogy. You know, you have the Zeppelin, you have the big car chase, um, you have the cave with the Holy Grail. I really liked that. You have the what is it? Like it's like a Nazi castle or whatever. I don't know. The book burning shit. Like you have all these like really cool sets, very memorable really fun. Sean Connery's in it, who's incredible. The Nazi lady, so jealous of her. She got to fuck both Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. Oh my God. I totally forgot. I said I was going to bring it up. Harrison Ford is so hot in Temple of Doom. Like I wanted to rip my skin off. Like I was going feral. He is the hottest he's ever been in Temple of Doom. That's all I have to say on that. (laughs) But anyway, Sean Connery, also very hot. Love him as James Bond. I liked how Harrison Ford and Sean Connery played off of each other. I thought the relationship was really interesting. Again, I found it more interesting after seeing how Indiana Jones would be as a father with how him and Short Rounds are. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. Uh, I think it might be the most confident of the three obviously steven spielberg has then been in the game for quite some time made some very iconic movies i think he really knows what he's doing with the last crusade but i will say you know the MacGuffin or whatever they call it like the object in all of these movies that they're looking for the holy grail is my least favorite it's again feels just like a retread of Raiders of the Lost Ark. We have the Christian mythology or whatever. And then we jump ahead and it's like the Hindu gods and these rocks. And then it's like, okay, now we're going back to the Christian theology and the cup of Christ. And I guess it's the fountain of youth, maybe. I don't know. Um, Eh, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, The movie, of course, is still funny, very silly, campy, pulpy, you know, like the old knight that's just in there for hundreds of years guarding thing. Like, it's all fun. I really like it. I want to rewatch it again and get more of a solid thoughts on it because I think it could possibly at one point overthrow Temple of Doom as my favorite. And I know this one is like widely considered people's favorite and I see why. It's really fun. But it was supposed to be the end of the series. But of course, in 2008, Indiana Jones makes his return in the controversial, widely hated, panned adventure, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, also directed by Steven Spielberg. And it takes place in 1957. And I will say, I fucking love 
this movie. I love it. The first three, you know, are very influenced by the film serials of the 1930s, those adventure movies. What is that one guy's name? Uh, Flash Gordon or whatever. Like that is what it is influenced by. And it makes sense. The movies take place in the 30s. So let's have it reflect the movies and pop culture of the 1930s. But what are they going to do in 1957? I think this idea is so cool and like genius. I think it's genius. I know people hate it. I know people hate it. They think it's way too silly for Indiana Jones. But my counter argument is all of them are silly. Learn to have fun and get the stick out of your ass. But (laughs) it's instead of having it be based on and influenced by the 1930 serials, it is now going to be influenced by the science fiction B-movies of the 1950s. And I love it. I think they get the tone perfectly. I think it is so goofy. I think it is so fun. I think they commit to it. It's great. It is so great. I don't know how you can watch Kate Blanchett's crazy performance as the villain, who is my favorite villain of the series, and not understand what they're doing. There may be hundreds of skulls at Akator. Whoever finds them will control the greatest natural force the world has ever known. Power over the mind of men. Be careful. You might get exactly what you wish for. I usually do. Kate Blanchett knows what movie she's in. Just shut up and listen to her because she knows what she's talking about. She's Kate fucking Blanchett. This movie... Is so batshit insane. And I understand, you know, there's the infamous Indiana Jones surviving a nuclear blast by stuffing himself in a fridge. I understand why people think that is so crazy, why they think that is, it tainted the originals. Like, but come on, it's fun. Live a little. I also just think Steven Spielberg and Shia LaBeouf, there's this false narrative, widely spread narrative that they basically ruined Indiana Jones's legacy. And I just, sorry, I don't think that's true at all. I think Steven Spielberg has some of the best, this is some of his best action he's ever directed. And I think, and this will probably be controversial, and it probably will be even more controversial because... Shia LaBeouf himself is controversial, but I think he was such a great addition to this series and I loved his character. I know people are like, he was the most annoying thing ever. He ruined it. Sorry. I don't think so. I loved his role. I loved that he was different than Indiana Jones. I loved that he was still extremely empathetic Um, He wasn't much of a caricature. He could have easily just been this stupid, goofy caricature, greaser character from the 1950s. But there's a few scenes in this movie that I really, really kind of fell in love with the character of Mutt Williams, which I know, controversial, but I fell in love with him. It's, you know, he really cares about, honestly, I can't even remember his name, the old guy, (laughs) not Harrison Ford. The one who goes crazy because of the skull. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me, let me IMDB this. Let me IMDB this really quick. Um, my God, of course my Wi-Fi shit. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull right here. Uh, Oxley played by John Hurt. When he has the realization that his friend has gone insane by looking at his jail cell walls and all the carvings he's done and he's like crying i love it like that was the moment i was thinking shia labeouf is kind of great sorry he is he's very charismatic this was 2008 he was in his prime transformers had come out i think because of transformers he became an easy target and people wanted to point blame on someone because 
Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is so different from the original trilogy and people don't like change. They don't like change. So what are they going to do? They're going to point fingers and point blame on someone for ruining their childhood, even though their childhood is not ruined. It's still there. Those movies still exist, but they wanted to blame someone and Shia LaBeouf was right there wide open and they took their shot. I love Mutt Williams. I love his interactions with Indiana Jones. Do I think the swinging monkeys were a bit much? Yes, that is probably one scene that I think could have been cut. Could have been cut, yeah. Might have been a little too much, but I don't really care because it's fun. And this movie has those giant, crazy ass ants that eat people. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. But I will say, even if the action is pretty great, it's super fun. I do understand the criticism of this one relying too much on the CGI. I fully get that because I do think that that is true. Some scenes do not fully age as well. It certainly does not age as well as the first Transformers movie. Some of it is a bit much. It is. But... I can forgive it. I really can because I have such a fun time watching this. And I love seeing Karen Allen back. I love seeing Harrison Ford back. I love the 1950s setting. I love the science fiction aspect of it. I know a lot of people don't like the aliens. I thought they were a very interesting take on aliens or as they call them, like interdimensional beings or whatever. I thought it was kind of fascinating. I loved the ending. I loved the setting. I think this is actually my favorite setting of all of them. I like the South American locations. I liked the jungle. I liked the, I don't know if they were Aztec. I'm assuming it was supposed to be Aztec because it was like the city of gold. And that was the Aztecs, was it not? I feel like if you hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I like kind of have to judge your character a little bit because I don't know. It's like negative energy to me. It's like an aversion to having fun. Like I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. Is it as well made as Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like I said, no, but I want to watch it again. I actually want to watch it right now. I've been like feeling like I need to rewatch it right away and I just watched it. But I liked it. I like the happy ending. I think the series could have ended here. Do I think that this one needed to be made? No, I don't. I really, really don't. But since it was, I still think it was like a happy, lovely ending. And I liked the implication that, you know, if they want to continue, Mutt Williams could continue the legacy. Would that be as great of a movie? No, it wouldn't. But would I have watched it? Yeah, sure. Or even if they weren't made, in my brain, he's going on adventures with Indiana Jones and his mother. Like, sure, works for me. Uh, Infamously, Shia LaBeouf criticized this movie and very much upset Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg. And I don't think he will ever work with Steven Spielberg again. That was very stupid of him to say while promoting the movie where he criticized it. that is so stupid i remember harrison ford called him a fucking idiot so um i'm not surprised that shia labeouf was excluded from the dial of destiny but i will say i think that was a mistake see it's a sticky situation do i think shia labeouf should have been in it I don't know. Would I have hired him back for this movie if I was like the producers? Would I want him to be representing my project? Honestly, probably not. I wouldn't. But do I think there was a massive Mutt Williams-sized hole in this movie? Yes, I did. Could they have recasted? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Shia LaBeouf is very particular as an actor that I feel like it would have been too jarring if someone else took over. Did they make the right choice of having him not be in it? Probably, probably. But as looking at it as the series, it was, like I said, a little jarring. 
Um, I think the dynamic of this series is changed drastically in Dial of Destiny. And this is completely spoiler free. It is a very, how do I put this, somber movie. It is a very somber ending to a massive legacy. And this one is not directed by Steven Spielberg. And I will just say, you can tell. James Mangold is no Steven Spielberg. And say what you want about Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. You can say that he destroyed Indiana Jones, was phoning it in. I think you're full of shit and lying, but (laughs) when you look at James Mangold, and I'm not saying he's a bad director, he has made good movies, but there is no style. There's no style to it at all. At all. It feels very modern blockbustery. I don't like it. I think it is actually a very ugly looking movie when the original four look incredible. They all hold up visually so well. Even in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where some of this, um, you know, CGI and effects aren't as great, the camera work is great. It's great. All, everything is framed like how you would expect Steven Spielberg to direct a movie. This one I thought was ugly as shit. And it is one of the most expensive blockbusters of all time. And honestly, I don't see where that money went. Did they put all of that money in the already infamous de-aging of Harrison Ford? I don't know, because I think that also looks like shit. It looks terrible. There's something so incredibly off about his face that I could not stop paying attention to it in such a large portion because, um, I mean, it's in the trailers. The opening is takes place in the past. So he, they show him younger and it doesn't work for me at all, at all. I thought that was a big mistake to do because I just don't think it'll ever work. The deep fake, it doesn't work. You're always going to notice it. Um, I feel like they tried to hide it with it being in the dark, but anytime he moved, it looked terrible. He still sounded like old man Indiana Jones, even though I think this was like the early 40s is when it took place because it was during the war. Did not work for me. Visually, this movie is atrocious. An atrocity, actually. But I will say, makes me sound like I hated the movie. Did I hate the movie? No, I didn't. I gave it a three out of five. It is my lowest rating of the series. It is my least favorite easily. Could I have bumped it down to a two? Probably yes. But I did enjoy Harrison Ford quite a bit. And I also enjoyed Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which I know a lot of people will not. I think she will be the new Shia LaBeouf, where a lot of blame is put on her. I don't think that is warranted. Like, I don't think it was warranted with Shia LaBeouf. I think... She was actually pretty great. I think she fits naturally in the world of Indiana Jones. I really liked her character. I did not like her little sidekick. I thought they were maybe going for like her version of short round, like being like being kind of the surrogate mother slash best friend to a child orphan. Didn't this kid need to be there? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I think this movie would have been much more interesting if it surrounded him, um, Indiana Jones and Mutt Williams and this character of Helena played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think I would have enjoyed that much more. But, you know, this is what we got. And I still had fun with it. It has a very crazy final act that I don't know if it's fully sold to me. <laughs> um, I mean, you'll see once you see it. It's pretty crazy. It's it's very crazy. Yeah, I'm really stuck on the visuals. I don't think there's any big action set piece that I think is like super memorable. I really liked the New York setting. Did I think it looked great though? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. But like the whole parade thing with Indiana Jones on the horse. Like, yeah, that was cool. But did it look great? No, 
it did not. Um, (laughs) But I feel like when I talk about it, I wanted to put off recording this episode for so long because I could only think of negatives, even though I found myself entertained the entire time. I didn't want to focus on the negatives because I didn't think it was all that bad. I do think, and no one's really mentioning this, so maybe I'm just like making this up. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just looking for this and looking for something to connect it to because in Steven Spielberg's films, they all kind of resonate with the time that they are set in. So like I said, you know, the film serials for the first three, the 1950s sci-fi B-movie for four. So what is this one taking influence from? Um, I think it's really slight. I don't think it's like in your face or anything. And I don't even know if this was intentional or if I just want to see this, but I did get a little bit of a early James Bond-esque-ness to it, where there are, there is some espionage going on. It's not a big part of the story at all. It almost could have been cut completely and wouldn't change the movie at all. Actually, I think it could have been cut because the movie was so long. Um, But just kind of like weird sort of things in there. Like there's this henchman who is so fucking huge, (laughs) like comically large that he felt very Jaws from James Bond. Although that was, I think, in the late 70s, early 80s when Jaws was on there. Am I correct? Wasn't that Roger Moore's run where Jaws was in it? I always loved Jaws as a kid. I haven't seen those movies since I was a kid, but I remember like loving the idea of this massive beast of a man with like metal teeth. (laughs) But the henchman kind of felt like that. And then there was the um there was this underwater sequence that kind of felt James Bondy to me. I mean, it felt very modern blockbustery still, but the idea of it kind of felt I don't remember if this is the one, but doesn't Thunderball take place? There's like a sequence where he's underwater. Am I right on that? I'm not gonna look that up. I typically would, but I'm not gonna look that up. Uh, in my fantasy of my mind, I'm going to say, yes, it does take place underwater. And this, I kind of got that vibe with this, like a very Thunderball underwater sequence. But I will say it's so dark that it's almost, because I think they're just trying to make it look better than what it does. Um, and once it, when it's dark and everything is CGI, you can hide things. But I will say I kind of liked it, even though I think, There was too many locations with this one. It was almost like repetitive at a certain point where they're kind of doing the same thing, just in a new location. And you were just like, okay, come on, let's get to the, find the damn dial already. (laughs) But yeah, they go back to the, um, the Nazis as the villains, which I thought was an interesting choice since it is, you know, the sixties. I do kind of find the idea of how, Because, you know, in my brain, because I didn't live through the time, you're kind of like, oh my God, yeah, the Nazis, you know, they were still alive. They were like in hiding. And it's just not something that really crosses my mind often. So I did think that was an interesting angle to have the Nazis as the villains. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, there's Nazis today. I mean, our world is so fucked. But I don't know. I felt like, again, it was trying to recapture that Raiders of the Lost Ark feeling, which I don't think it ever necessarily did. I feel like they were trying to pull a um, Last Crusade and make it, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark now 3.0. But I don't think James Mangold fully understands Steven Spielberg or his sense of humor. So I think the slapstick, clumsy humor is missing which I missed greatly. But yeah, I feel like he really tried to make this Raiders of the Lost Ark and it just wasn't. I wish they didn't try to do that. I think if they embraced it as something completely new and completely fresh, like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was and 100% committed to it, I would have loved this. But I will say what I loved about this movie, which is kind of, (laughs) it's kind of like, wow, that is a, low bar bars on the floor i love how it wasn't filled with 
Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. Like, haha, remember the good old days? Like, girl, shut the fuck up. There were some nods, but they felt natural. Like, um, you know, the main character or the main sidekick, Helena, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, she's chasing after the style of destiny because her father is was obsessed with it. And she's Indiana Jones is like, why are you chasing after something that drove your father mad? And she said, well, wouldn't you? And it's like, oh, yeah, because he did do that. He did do that in The Last Crusade. That was the whole point of it. His dad was obsessed with it. So I did like that. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like wink, wink audience. It felt like an actual natural conversation to where like, I understand this character. You know, there is like one, I don't want to say egregious. Again, it makes me sound like I hate this movie, like this egregious kind of nod to the audience, but I actually thought it was very sweet. It is the last scene in the movie. It worked for me. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at any sort of callbacks. I thought it didn't feel too much like a modern blockbuster in that sense. Visually, yes, it did. It looked very flat. Um, I, I want to say more about this movie, but I don't want to spoil because I do think, yeah, go see it. I mean, they're saying it's like bombing at the box office, but like, I'm not surprised because the movie was like $350 million to produce. And then you probably add another at least $100 million in advertising. I don't think they're going to make a profit because also they have to make like double of what the, um, what it costs to make to make a profit and then you have to make over double to even make a profit but then consider advertising and you know giving money to the theaters because you know they don't get 100 percent of the profits and then if harrison ford has any back-end deals where he gets money afterwards like they're not seeing money back from this so do i think this is the end of indiana jones i would say yes at least for now, I really don't see how you could continue Indiana Jones because it does feel like his final outing as the character. He's also incredibly old. Um, <laughs> that's not like a bad thing, but I don't think another another actor could take over for Harrison Ford. Like realistically, I would never want to take those shoes on. I don't see a side character moving forward. I thought maybe... Mutt Williams could have done it, but everyone hated that. I didn't, but everyone else did. So that wouldn't have worked. And I really don't think people are going to embrace uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And it, currently with the way people are um, and their crazy hate campaigns that everyone has, because everyone wants to be angry at everything, they're not going to want a woman to take to take over for Indiana Jones. Would I watch a Phoebe Waller-Bridge Indiana Jones spinoff? Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, I think they could go much smaller with their budget and scope, uh, especially for this one. I felt like the scope wasn't big enough for the budget to be that big. <laughs> like it, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark compared to this, like the budget is astronomically insane when Raiders of the Lost Ark looks a hundred thousand billion kajillion trillion whatever times better than this much to think about much to think about disney maybe you should stop producing movies that are 300 million dollars they don't work they don't work and also all these extremely expensive movies always look like shit and i don't understand why like where is this money going are you guys having that great of a craft services what the fuck why does everything look like shit Build a goddamn set for once, please, please, please. Um, but yeah, I can't talk too much about like <laughs> in detail about Dial of Destiny. Because again, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to make a spoiler section because that's just annoying. Um, <laughs> but I do think it was weird. I feel like when these franchises come back, like Indiana Jones and you know star wars they bring back these original characters and they make them just so sad and it's almost bizarre because i have this pointed out to me actually that these characters like the people who are fans of these characters are around the age of these characters because they grew with them yes there are younger people but like 
<laughs> it's like they keep inviting all of these old people back to the theater to like live out their glory days with their favorite heroes. And then it's like, oh, their life is shit and they're sad and depressed. Oh, your life is like this. Like, it's almost like, damn, they're looking in the mirror. Why can't they be like this joyous character just because they're old? I don't know. I don't think this movie needed to be as depressing as it was. I came into it thinking it would be like an extremely depressing movie because every review and comment I've seen about it is like, wow, this was such a downer. Eh, it wasn't that depressing, but it was kind of just like cold, I guess. It was like, Jesus, why can't people just, you know, be happy when they're old? You know, Star Wars. Holy shit. What a fucking depressing nightmare. I haven't watched the new trilogy in a while, but it's like, Leia's life is shit. Han Solo's life is shit. Luke Skywalker's life is shit. Um, it's all shit. Look at Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis, your life is shit. And now, you know, we have Indiana Jones. Your life is shit and sad and you're old. Retirement is sad and depressing and you're going to die soon. Like that is like the message of these movies. It's almost weird. I guess not so much Halloween. It made sense why her life was shit, obviously. But that was just the only <laughs> example I could think of at the top of my head with an older actor and character coming back. But Dial of Destiny. Okay, let me say some positives. What did I like about it? I thought it was still fun. I had a good time. I was entertained. I thought some of the action scenes were pretty fun. Some were kind of inventive. I think the ending is so almost shockingly crazy that I'm interested. I really liked Harrison Ford. I think he has a actually, I would say maybe his best performance of the series is in Dial of Destiny. He really goes for it. Very emotional. One of his strongest that I feel like he's had in a while. And I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge has a very great moment, like this monologue in the end, the third act that I think is also really great. I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. If you've not seen the show Fleabag on Amazon, go check it out. It is so funny. It's only two seasons, I think. It's actually fully 100% genius. I think it's like one of the best written things ever. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is great. Is this one that I want to run to and watch again? No, not really. It's the one I'll probably rewatch the least. Will I watch it again? Yeah, I will. I definitely want to rewatch it now that I have seen it. So you like, you know, when you're watching something and you're kind of expecting one thing and you don't get it, you're a little more disappointed. I want to watch this without any expectations. Not that I had any specific expectations, but I do just want to go in knowing exactly what I'm going to see. Uh, maybe my opinions will change, but I don't think this movie is bad. I don't think it's great. I think it's fine. I think it is held back by James Mangold. I think it looks really ugly, but I do find the adventure fun. I think it's a bit weird to go out on such a I don't want to say whimper, but I like a somber no. It's a very quiet ending. It's not like a, this is our final Indiana Jones adventure. Let's go for it. Let's go balls to the wall. Let's like be, have this happy, victorious adventure, like one last go around. It's almost like, oh, this is Indiana Jones's last go around. Like, oh, hope he makes it. That old man with that, you know, pins in his knee. Like, it was just kind of weird. Not the not the direction I would have taken it. But, you know, it is what it is. I did find myself entertained. I do think it's incredibly long. Um, I mean, the other ones are pretty long. I remember, like, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is pretty long. But I guess the difference with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is it doesn't look like shit. <laughs> And it's like fun. Um, I like I said, I'm I'm entertained by Dial of Destiny, but would I say it's like the fun one? No, it's definitely not the fun one. Um, like the humor is not really there. Like, yeah, there's like some chuckle moments, but it's not like 
I don't know. It's not Shia LaBeouf and Kate Blanchett sword fighting on two cars in a high speed chase in the rainforest fun. You know what I mean? It's not aliens sitting on a throne putting memories in Kate Blanchett's brain kind of fun. You know, it's not face melting fun. It's just kind of, oh, yeah, we're on an adventure kind of fun. And I really don't think the locations are really like vibrant fun locations like they have been in the past they are just kind of fun little caves you know they're just it's fine it's fine that's exactly what i would say about indiana jones and the dial of destiny it's fine so those are my thoughts really you know i'm sorry the dial of destiny was a little all over the place my conversation about it i i have no notes i'm kind of just going off the top of my head so i ramble on everything this is much longer of course than what i thought it would be which i say every time i thought this would be 30 minutes and here we are but i do still think indiana jones is one of the strongest franchises or series that have been made um there isn't really one that i think is like bad or horrible i think the first four are incredibly strong i think the fifth one is fine you know it's not bad it's fine scream is still obviously my favorite franchise of all time i don't think that has a bad movie at all i don't even think it has a fine movie it has all really great movies there's not many series that i think have that but i think indiana jones is one that is like pretty strong throughout the entire run i don't think dial of destiny was necessary at all you know when it came to kingdom of the crystal skull it was like yeah this isn't necessary but i'm having a good time and i like how it ends i like the ending it kind of comes full circle for indiana jones um it is weird because it's such a big time jump between the 30s and the 50s i think if they wanted to continue they really should have made one in the one or two between 89 and 2008 but it is what it is this one on the other hand dial of destiny i don't think obviously i don't think it was necessary but also i don't think it was justified at all by the end of it it was just kind of like yeah this is the end but it's not like a big grand finale it's just kind of when a show gets canceled and you don't get the ending. When I feel Kingdom of the Crystal Skull felt like a finale to me. Hmm. Anyway, I do wish Harrison Ford would do something that is not a big franchise. Um, He did do like that dog movie or something, which I didn't see. Maybe I should watch it because I'm saying, why doesn't he do like real movies anymore? <laughs> I'm sick of this franchise shit he's doing star wars and now he's doing indiana jones and now he's doing marvel where's his you know small movies and mid-budget and here i am not watching his mid-budget movies (laughs) but yeah i do i do wish that harrison ford would play something he has not done before i know he has not done marvel but someone else did he's replacing um I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. The actor that passed away. He's playing General Ross, I believe. So it's like, again, kind of a retread, like do something fun and fresh because he is Harrison Ford. He is like a movie star. So it would be lovely to see him do something other than the iconic big franchises again. Because I really like Harrison Ford and he's a really great actor, probably pretty underrated. Um, And he's great in Dial of Destiny. He's great in all of them, but he is really great in Dial of Destiny. What are your thoughts on Indiana Jones? Um, Did you see Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Why or why not? Um, I don't know. Comment on my Instagram. I'll I'll make an Indiana Jones post. Why not? I've kind of neglected that Instagram. So you should follow me on or at the film.degree dot is in the actual period not the word um and yeah you'll hear from me again i am still looking for a new episode to do but we'll figure that out when we go and you'll hopefully hear from me again that belongs 
in a museum. So do you.